If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Yeah, man, this Tedro Casa, and I just jumped off the porch with Dirty Glove Bass. Like, but. Fuck your go for me. Run on my bands in the street. Free my nigga HG. I'm serving on crack. All right, today we got Tedro's Casa off the porch with us today. Man, what's cracking, big dogs? How, how you rocking? Feeling good, man. Feeling good. How you feeling? I'm feeling blessed. Can't, can't stress. Right. <laughs> for sure. It's a pleasure to have you on the porch with us today, for sure, man. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. For sure. So what you got going on lately, man? How you feeling? Shit, man, I'm feeling good. I had a uh I had court yesterday. That shit I had this little uh well they trying to hit me with failure to commit murder, but um that shit finally passed me, you feel me? I took they gave me a little sweet plea deal. I took seven, seven do four. And then, you know, so I'm finally, I ain't got to be on a run no more. Yeah. So I just feel good. Yeah, feel blessed. So you in a good headspace right now? Yeah, for sure. Man. I'm going to feel better once I pull, pull up some juice. For sure. As you pull up, let's take it back from the beginning, man. So you were originally up? were born in Ethiopia, right? Yeah, I was born in uh, Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. Yeah, that's in East Africa or the Horn of Africa. That's what they call it. Yeah. How was your time over there? I mean, it's straight, like, nigga was like, you know, like middle class. Uh, I was like, I came to America when I was three, no, 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 four. Like, I just turned four when we came. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you know, it ain't no comparisons to America, but, you, you know, you can't miss nothing you never had. So, like, yeah. when I was living out there, that shit, that bitch was straight, like, yeah. happy child, you know what I'm saying? So you what know? led you to come to the States? Um, to be honest, like, uh, so right now I know it's a big war out there, civil war that's going on with like TPLF and, uh, the government and, uh, back in the days they had framed my dad for a murder and they sentenced him 15 years. So, uh, and luckily my mom won this, uh, they got this thing, this lottery called DV and, uh, you win pretty much, uh, you win, uh, Paper, what's it called when uh, you're allowed to be in a country and shit? Visa. Visa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she got a visa for uh, me, her, my little brother, and my dad. And we just flew. We came out here on Lufthansa. <laughs> so that's, yeah. We, we really came to America with $50. Wow. Like, we started with $50. So, yeah. That's really what made us come. For sure. Yeah. So from what you can remember, how would you describe growing up here in the States? Because it wasn't, wasn't much a transition. You was three or four, right? Yeah, but I, it was such a dramatic difference yeah. in my life changing that, like, I actually remember, like, details. Like, I remember when my parents had a wedding when I was two years old. That shit, that shit weird. But it's weird, though, because, like, I can't even remember shit that happened uh, last week. But I remember <laughs> shit like that when I was, like, two and three years old. Yeah. But, um, like, for example, when we first came, like, you feel me, like, America was so hyped up, like, we moved to Auburn Avenue, 210, Bethel Towers, so, like, especially back then, that's when, you know, uh, BMF was heavy, too, so it used to be so much crackheads on the block. Yeah. Shit, the homie uh, got stolen by a crackhead when we was kids, bro. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know about that. <laughs> My nigga Brooke got stolen by a crackhead. To, we was waiting for the school bus, bro. God So, damn. you know, it was real. But we didn't think it was crackheads. We didn't think it was homeless people in, that, in America. Like, so we were like, what the fuck? Like, bro, some of the homeless people, are we in the right place? Like, <laughs> is this America? <laughs> so, yeah, that was a culture shock for us. We just didn't expect uh, to see homeless people. For sure. Yeah. So y'all came to Georgia first, but I know you bounced around a hell of other states. So where did y'all go after Georgia? No, 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 no. That's just me on my own. Uh, we came to Atlanta. We came to Atlanta and we just stayed in Atlanta. I okay. just grew up in Atlanta since I was three, four years old. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. The real Atlanta though, like, yeah. I'm from Auburn Ave, downtown. They call it Little Harlem. Like, I'm from really from the city. Yeah. Yeah. That's real shit. 
So when would you say you jumped off the porch? I feel like with that question, it's a tricky question to me because some people describe jumping off the porch like uh, stealing or goddamn, you know, like selling weed or something. Like niggas was hitting licks like since we was like nine years old and all that. Of course, you know, I got both parents in the house, so my dad, ain't my daddy African, so he really beat me type shit. But I mean, nigga was hitting licks and all that, like like nine years old. But like really being on my own, like really, you know, full, no, no, uh, one foot, one foot out type, like all the way through. I say 17. I say 17. I got kicked out the house, and then I just I was in the streets, living in bandos, staying in the trap house. You know what I'm saying? So I say 17. I was really outside. So what can you say you learned from jumping off the porch so early at 17? Shit. Man, these niggas ain't shit. <laughs> ain't no loyalty in, that, in the streets, for real. It's really every man for himself, even though, you know, niggas be saying, oh, they're my partner, they're my they're gang, da, da, da. It's really a nigga, everybody for themselves. But yeah. when you got good people, though, you got to cherish that shit, though, especially when, you, you know, being 17 ain't got shit. And somebody look out for you. You really got to appreciate and cherish that shit because they ain't had to. So, so yeah, that's what I, and it was really just like, let me get my shit together because this shit really ain't a move. You feel me? I feel that. Yeah. So what's some of the trials and tribulations you feel you've seen from being out there in the streets and as you maneuvered and, you know, leveled up? I mean, bro, I didn't learn so much lessons. I don't know where we could start at. <laughs> um, the most important ones. Man, don't trust nobody. Don't yeah. trust nobody, even if it's your homie or whatever. Even if your homie a good-hearted nigga, shit, he couldn't. He could probably got them, you know, just make a little mistake, and uh, that could jeopardize your life. You know what I'm saying? So really, just don't trust nobody and be on point. Stay paranoid, cause being paranoid ain't bad, bro. It just really means you on point. You from your experiences. So really, just stay paranoid and stay dangerous. Really, keep it on you, and don't go for nothing. Straight yeah. right there. Oh yeah, and we pawn walk hard, man. Yes, sir. But yeah. Straight up. So when would you say you were moving around throughout the streets and through other cities? What you mean? When would you say you started to maneuver around like other cities and shit like Phoenix? Um, to be honest, bro, when since since I came all right, so the, I'm gonna tell you a funny story. Since I came to America, bro, like I always wanted to leave at, uh, Atlanta and live like in New York or LA or something like that. So as soon as I hit 18, I had, see, I used to skateboard too, though. I used to skateboard, I was cold. Like, I'm talking about like grinding, hitting little handrails, going down 10 stairs, all that. I, I was really doing that. And, um, so I had, I had got sponsored. I had got sponsored by Fly Pelican. That's a brand that was uh, from Atlanta, and that should open my eyes to like, okay. You, I dropped out of high school too, cause I got that. I got signed by. I had a skateboard deal, so I like. So I moved to New York, cause my partner and them they were skating for like Supreme, or, or they was working with Supreme and uh, Ice Cream. So like, I went out. I moved to New York on some skateboarding shit. And uh, yeah, I started my journey. My first move was New York. I moved to New York. Yeah, yeah, on skateboard dream. Yeah, yeah on, on the skateboard dream. That's yeah, real. trying to get sponsored and you know doing shit like that. So how did you end up linking with DGK? Uh, so I mean, I'm, I've been a big fan of DGK since I was a kid because you know Stanford, uh, what's uh, dirty ghetto kids. Yeah. And I was a dirty ghetto kid, so, <laughs> and I was like, damn, you know, like, Shouter came from some where I'm, I'm from and got down, made it, did it big. I'm trying to do it like him. And uh, I was very popular in my city, like, uh, on some skateboarding shit, just getting, you know, fresh on some different shit before everybody started wanting to be different. Like, nigga was on that. Really, skateboard paved the fashion, like, that, the way everybody dressed right now. 
So back then I was already on that. I was a past niggas fashion skills or uh, ideas. Yeah. So I was already popping on that. And uh, I had met a, uh, one of, he's still my niggas like to this day. We still chop it up. Uh, his name is Pat Washington. He's one, he's like best friend. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, this is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. This is with Stevie Williams, and um, he had, they used to have the playground over there uh, by Lennox, uh, Phipps Plaza. It was mm-hmm. like in the basement and shit. So I used to be over there skating. I met Cuz, Cuz we locked in, you feel me? Like real recognizable, he fucked with me. So uh, they, they was opening up a boutique called Status Life and uh, they had me run the shop. So I was running Status Life. I was pretty much their little homie that run the shop. And uh, me, and, me and Stevie locked in, locked in. Uh, that time we had a shop we were running together. That's real. Yeah. So what did that relationship lead to, like various other doors that opened? I up? mean, shit like um, he he introduced me like to a lot of celebrities and shit like that, uh, like like Richie Hill figure, like Tommy Hill figure son and shit. We had locked in, we clubbed in and all that. Went to he took me to a Dom show. That's really what started making me want to rap. That was my first time being on stage. I was on stage with Dom Kennedy. And that shit, it felt good. And I was like, damn, I, I want to do this. Yeah. You feel me? That led to your inspiration for music? Yeah. So you yeah. started making music after that? Yeah. Uh, not just quite, but I, that's when I, that's the first time I was like, I think I want to be a rapper. But it, but it was just the idea, though, at that yeah. time. Yeah. So how did you end up modeling? Modeling? I ain't even going to lie to you, man. Um, especially being in New York, bro. It be hella like sweet niggas and shit. I ain't really like being in, in that environment, but I was so fucked up in New York, bro. I used, bro, I was fucked up in New York, bro. Like a nigga was, you want some ice cut? Okay. A nigga was goddamn really like fucked up in New York. And I had a unique look to myself because I guess I'm East African. And um, I was at Afropunk. And uh, this is before Revolt TV was big. Like this is when they first was starting. So they, was, they really liked my image and they were like, hey, we want you to come in and uh, do an interview and see if we can hire you to be a, a host for uh, Revolt TV. So I went up there and uh, I chopped it. I, I pulled up over there, drunk as hell. <laughs> like, and I told him too, I was like, hey bro, I'm drunk right now. Like, and um, it didn't work out to be a host, but he's like, bro, you, su- you have such a good image. And he's, he linked me with some other people that are photograph- professional photographers out there. And uh, I ended up just, it was really to get paid, bro. I didn't really care about fucking fashion. I, I like fashion, but I didn't care to be a model, bro. Yeah. It was just, I was broke as fuck. And I needed some money. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I was living off fucking Slim Jims, man. I was living <laughs> off Slim Jims. That was my protein. <laughs> you feel me? Slim Jims and some chips and, yeah. you know, shit like that. And then, um, yeah, that, that, worked, that happened. I was just, it was just a gig for me. But then it started bubbling. For sure. Yeah. That's real. So how did you end up going back to the streets? Um... See, when I was doing some street shit, it was just like hitting licks. A nigga really ain't had no OG to, sh- you know, show you how to hustle and shit. Yeah. So, I ain't even, I ain't even really know how to do nothing. And, um, I mean, you know, just being broke, bro, you get broke, you, you know? And then at the same time, it ain't even just me. It's like, my mama depends on me, like, you know, she, we, I grew up in Lightwood and in a Habitat for Humanity house. Yeah. Our rent used to be like 400 and we'd be like five months, four months behind, you know? So, you know, a nigga had to buckle up and put it together, figure, figure it out for the family. So that's what led me. 
But I would definitely say like a nigga wasn't a nigga wasn't hand licks and shit no more. That shit's stupid. Like that's just asking to crash out. Yeah. So a nigga moved on to transition to some other shit. What I did was I was trying to, but I was known for hand licks. So none of the none of the big homies really wanted to front me. They they thought I was gonna run off. So what I did was like I was like fuck it. I went and got a nine to five. I worked for two weeks. Quit. Got my check. Bought a zip and an eight ball and started off with that. You feel me? Yeah. <laughs> Bought a zip of weed and an eight ball and just went up. It was from up that. from there. It was up from there. So what would you say you learned from being on the block just like new like that? Oh, uh, I wasn't new. You feel me? Cause like I'm from Forward. Like when I first came to America, we grew up. I grew up in Forward. So everybody that was on the block, like that was already my. I was already in the env environment. You feel me? I was just mm -hmm. taking notes. Like for example, like my nigga, uh, you know, recipes BG, uh, yeah. Bizrat. Like Shada was one of the literally like biggest dope boy that came from my hood, from yeah. Auburn Ave. And, uh, you know, I just learned from their mistakes and how they won. So I was just really taking notes in until it was my time. So I didn't, it wasn't hard for me. I just knew, I, I always knew you just gotta come up with the best quality and the best price. You feel for me? Sure. And, and it, it went up. And good dope. And I show up. love, you feel me? I let yeah. niggas eat. So niggas was fucking with me. So how would you describe that turning point from being broke to all of a sudden having Man, I ain't gonna lie, it didn't really go like that. It was like, it was, it was, it was a slow process. It was like, all right, I went from making four, four, 400 a day, really 400 a night, to making like eight, 900 a night. You know, just posted up on Edgewood, like, and Auburn Ave, and I was running it up like that. And it was cool, it was good, you know? I touched my first 10K and I knew I would never go back. I knew it was, I'm about to be a rich nigga after this. I got the formula. Nobody taught me, I had to figure it out. You feel me? Just yeah. from learning from other folk mistake. But uh, I just knew I was gonna get richer and richer, that's it. Yeah. That's real. Yeah. So talk about the incident that led you to being on the run. Man, I had really like, all right, so, that wasn't my first time going on the run. First time I went on the run, I had, I slid off before I got ref, you know, like before shit went left or whatever. Like as soon as I knew, as soon as shit got, shit happened, uh, I slid off, I took off. I went to Canada. I was in Vancouver. I mean, I met these niggas from there, cause they rap, and my partner from New York rap, and he was like, hey, we in Atlanta. So he tapped, checked in with me, you feel me? So they checked in. I'm showing them around Atlanta. They're having a good time. I got a great face card in my city. So like, we don't wait in no line. The club owners know me, you feel me? And, uh, and uh, I locked in with them. And they, them boys was African. They was West African and shit. So, you know, just African love type shit. They was, they was fucking with me heavy. And they were like, hey bro, whenever you uh, want, man, come out here, we got you, we gonna hold you down. So <laughs> when I got hot, I just slid to Vancouver, Canada. And I had to, Post up out there. I was trapping out there too. I was I, I was actually trapping on the most dangerous uh, hood in Canada, in the whole entire Canada. It's called Hastings. And uh, yeah, just just ran it up over there too. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like in Hastings? Man, that shit was crazy. It's like Skid Row. You know how they got skid road in LA? Yeah. It's like skid road. I never seen, uh, you know, I never did it like that. I was trapping 12 hours, 12 hours a day. And yeah, it was straight. It was a lot of, see all the crackheads, all the users, we call them, <laughs> we don't call them crackheads, we call them rock stars. Cause they smoke rap. Yeah. So we, it makes them feel better. So we call them rock stars. But um, the money was, it came off, it started off slow for me. But then it started picking up once I got there for like, once I stayed down for like a week, I was out there trapping on there for like eight months, really six months. And uh, it was just, money was just flowing, bro. It was just flowing in. And then I had locked in with some Toronto folk. Uh, you probably, his brother is a famous rapper out there actually. His brother named Northside Benji. And my nigga Dollars, that nigga put, turned me up even more out there like, so like now, all right, we we getting, we trapping, and then 
Shadi was on a run too. He ain't had no clothes. I had to give him the clothes on my back so he could meet this little bitch. And then she started selling pussy for him. So now I'm like, damn, okay. So then I done caught me a white hoe. Now she started selling pussy for me. Now I'm pimping and trapping. So shit was going lovely. And then he had, they had sold to an undercover or something. So then the block shit was dead. And then I had to start throwing parties with my nigga 200 right here. You feel me? Shot it from Oklahoma, but he was in Vancouver too. So we had locked in, you feel me? And uh, started throwing parties, started getting money that way. And then that's when I started indulging with uh, rap. I just started recording yeah. while I was out there. Yeah. So at that point, would you say you decided to take it serious in Canada? Uh, Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. To a certain level, I mean, I shot... I, I recorded it, and then I tried to shoot the video, but it didn't really uh, fit the vibe, so I had, I, I had came, and then my little situation cooled off, so yeah. I came back to Atlanta, and then uh, came back to Atlanta and shot the video. It's called uh, Million Dollar Stove. That was yeah. my first ever song I recorded. That was my first ever video I shot. So I started off with that, and that, it had, a, you know, at the time, like, I was, New rapper, so like yeah. me getting like five thousand views and shit was cool. I was like, it let me know okay, I could do something with it. Yeah, yeah. So after that, what was next after Million Dollar Stove? And then um, I recorded more songs, but then uh, I shot a video for Hot Block. Hot Block had me turn. Hot Block had me turn to where I was. Now I'm getting shows in Canada. Yeah. So now, uh, now I'm going back to Canada, not on some trap shit. I'm going out there on some rapper shit, doing yeah. shows and shit. Like, really, my young niggas are the one that really turned me up with that rap shit because they already had their clout and all that. So I was really just rocking out. You feel me? I'll just, like, for example, when we were doing the parties, you feel me? I had, I had the bread. I ain't going to lie to you, bro. Niggas couldn't rap, whatever. Dope boys, the real rich ones out of anywhere, bro. I ain't even going to lie to you, the real ones. But uh, so I had really just invested my bread and uh, we started throwing our own shows and then that turned him up even more. And then now when I came back, that turned me up. Now we doing shows because he already turned and then I got I ended up getting some more shows. I, I had did some shows with uh, I had went out there with Wu-Tang. I be fucking with the five percenters. So I had went out there and did uh, some shows with them and, uh, and, and my partner right here. That's cool. Yeah. So once you returned back to Atlanta, what was your reaction? Like, what was your love? What was the love like? It was dope, man. My my hood fucking with me. The city fucking with me and shit. It was cool. I ain't even gonna lie to you. Like, niggas still trapping and shit. That shit really turned my trap up. Yeah. Like, folks would just shot with me to say, hey, bro, I'm sh yeah, my plug, Tedro Cas. You feel me? Yeah. So <laughs> it really turned my trap up. Yeah. But yeah, and then that's when I came. When I came back from that, that's when uh, I had caught. The, you know, I had got in that situation. Some pussy ass nigga, man. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's how that went. Yeah. So walk us down the night of the situation that led you to going on the run this time. Man, so my dupes at uh she in africa at the time her her sister her uh her sister her brother died in the same month so she over there dealing with like that and uh and uh properties and shit we had out there so she was dealing with that like you know changing exchanging them over to our name and stuff like that for me and my brother and then uh I ain't gonna lie, like, after the shot, I blew my bag, kind of, I was down to, like, 3K, about three racks. Um, so I was back outside doing my thing. I was at one of my spots. And the fuck nigga that, uh, his brother, his little brother a rat, I had, I had put his little brother paperwork on the internet because he was trying to, he was trying to talk crazy, talking about he, I'm green lighting all some weird shit. I was like, bro, you a rat, bro. You ain't got no say so on the street. Yeah. So I put his paperwork out on the street. His brother got mad. And uh, his brother had pressure with my cousins. And then I guess he saw me. You know, when you a rapper, you a trophy to the ops if they catch you. 
the the face, the trapper. I mean, the rapper, or the, you know, whoever they beefing with, you're a trophy. So shot in them, slid on me. I already know, I saw, I saw his partner. I knew he was about to get a drop on me. And when Buddy and them had pulled up, uh, you know, I'm, I was by myself, my brother in Buckhead, I'm over here on Boulevard. It's a little spot called Virtual Reality Bar, something like that. And shot it really like ran up on me. I ain't, he hit me from the back. To be honest, Shada had a good ass punch though. That shit felt like I got pistol whipped or something. So I just fired his shit up. I hit him four times, hit him was it, twice in the stomach, one in the chest, one in his forehead, you know. They said his brain went on the floor. That's what the toilet was saying on the little report. But he survived though, you know. So I guess it's a blessing to have strong enemies. <laughs> But, <laughs> but yeah, he survived, you feel me? Shout out to him. So, yeah, and then I went on a run. I literally, I ain't even gonna lie, bro, that shit was like a movie. A nigga was, I had, I had walked off, I walked off from that shit. I walked out of that shit and uh, I was ducked off in some pissy ass staircase on Boulevard. But it was like three choppers on the sky, goddamn, with the, Light on the ground, like searching for me, like hella police. That shit was scary. I was just over there praying. I ain't even gonna lie. I was just praying, like, please don't catch me. <laughs> yes, sir, and then bro. they didn't catch me, and then I slid off. I went out of town and just really went on the goddamn tour. Went on the run and ran it up, man. Straight up. Yeah. Describe your experience on the run this time. Man, this shit was. It was different. At least this time, I, you know, I really made bread on this one. Because uh, I was just going to add, like, I'm glad you said you made bread because, like, it's hard to survive on the run. Yeah, you so, got to be real smart. Uh, don't use no social media. Change your phone every month. Don't buy your phone with no credit card or nothing like that. Everything got to be cash business. Uh, whatever you do, the way you pay your bills, do, go get money orders, nigga. You feel me? Shit like that. Don't ever get on social media. Um, that's how they track your shit. Uh, yeah, don't talk to none of your family members, um, which is hard, bro. That shit depressing. But you know, you know what you signed up for, so you gotta stay strong. Um, and then I ain't even gonna lie, I just I wouldn't have found me a plug, bro. I just went up. You feel me? Shout out to Chopper on them folk. <laughs> but yeah. I ain't even gonna lie, I touched about, yeah, I touched about a little over half a mil while I was on the run for two years. And so I went back, came back and got uh, Drew Finley. That's, you know, billion dollar lawyer and all that. So I spent about 170K on this case. And, you know, we was fighting it for a little sec, for about a year. And uh, they came with a plea deal for seven years. Seven do four, um, but and uh, they allowed me to uh, not have a felony, so I still have a clean record. I always had a clean record. I don't crash out, <laughs> uh, so I, I I got to keep my clean record. So you know, a nigga come back home and boss up. I mean, I ain't get no job, but you know, I'm starting my own <laughs> businesses. Yeah. So what type of business are you gonna venture into once you return home? Um, I'm thinking. Well, right now I already got a trucking business. I got a trucking business and shit. I got two trucks, and uh, but I want to start a jewelry business. I want to have a jewelry store, and a and a club. You know, we in Atlanta. All the Ethiopians and the Eritreans got all the clubs in the city. So you know. Like, I see that shit really be making bread. And them folk, my partners too, so probably get into the club business, the jewelry store, and then uh, and some shit back home in Africa. Like, get into the natural, natural resource mining business. That's, I be reading Forbes, and um, a lot of people got rich off of like, uh, like, a like a telephone business, like a, like a, like AT&T or something like that kind yeah. of stuff, like some kind of phone business or a transporting business or uh, mining natural resources. So I'm finna do that when I come home. I'm finna start business in Africa. Sure. Probably build a church too. 
Okay. Not probably, but I am. Me and my mom was about to build a church. Right. One in Atlanta and uh, one in Ethiopia. For sure. Yeah. So how did you prepare your family for you going away? Shit, well, when my mama came, well, my mama j came back from Africa. That's really why I turned myself in, though. It was really for my mama, because so, she was fucked up. Like, she just lost her only brother and sister. So she by herself, you know. And she, my mama was 67 years old. So she had us when she was like, she older. But uh, so I had to take care of her. That's my baby. So I bought her a new car. Oh, they, bro, when I went on a run, they raided my mama house twice, destroyed it, fucking put holes in the ceiling and shit. Like just on some pissed off shit. They took our, they, bro, they took both my dogs, bro. They took both my dogs. That shit hurt me. I had my dog for like 12 years. That shit hurt me. But, um, you feel me? And then she just lost her brother and sister, so I felt like she was gonna go crazy, so I had to come take care of her. So I got her a new crib. I had her, I had her staying in Buckhead. I'm from Lightwood, you feel me? Like, yeah. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. A leg with a bucket, that's a big difference. Yeah. So I put it in, you know, just to show her like, hey, we live in a better life. You feel me? Don't stress out, none of that. So I had got me a spot in Buckhead and then I got her a spot. I had a penthouse in Buckhead for the whole time I was on house arrest. <laughs> Well, they had me on curfew though. Seven o'clock, I gotta be in the house. Yeah. But recently, I just uh, I just bought her a, a house in the suburbs, a five bedroom, two, three restroom, two living rooms, big backyard fenced, two dogs. I got her a Doberman Pinscher and a, a Belgian Malinois. So you feel me? They gonna hold it down until I come home. Yeah, really. yeah well, really until my little brother come home. My brother. While I was on house with my little brother caught a charge. That nigga, uh, he got caught with uh, four pounds of fentanyl in New Mexico. But it was a legal search. And when Shotty got locked up, I mean, while they was trying to do the arrest, he had called me on FaceTime. So I recorded everything. And uh, it proved that it was a legal search. So they, instead of taking the trial, they gave him a, a, a plea deal for 13 months. He took it. And they not even, so he got a, he got a charge for, uh, they ain't even hit him with traffic, they just gave him possession. Good at lawyer. I spent 60K for his lawyer, I spent 170 on mine. So, yeah, he finna be home in like October, August. Okay. So he well, right there. he gonna take care of my dudes while he's huh? So he gonna look at Yeah, so he gonna be there for yeah. my dudes while uh, I'm gone. That's real. So I got her a crib, new car, and I took care of my, my little brother situation, so he's straight. You feel me? I'm gonna leave her with bread to pay uh, mortgage or rent, whatever, until, you know, bro, come back. That's real. So, yeah. Still so when you do, you gotta turn yourself in. Uh, they allowed me to turn myself in on Monday morning. So, I'll be over there. Hey, yeah. Until then, I'm gonna keep pulling up and fuck me some holes and yeah. got down, <laughs> set up some more motion. So, when I'm gone, I still make money. Straight up. You know? Shit like that. That's real. But I'm gonna be straight when I go down the road though, so because a lot yeah, of my you ain't partner. Going in broke. Nah, I ain't going in broke, but at the same time, while I was on house arrest, I was taking care of the homies, you feel me? Putting them in some motion to where they making real racks. God damn. I'm putting bread in niggas' books, all that. My niggas love me though. They probably gonna throw me a welcome home party, man. When I get that. <laughs> man, real hefe, man. For sure, man. <laughs> the real one, not the other one. Yeah. So when would you say you started making music? Shit, um, in Vancouver, to be honest with you. Really, like, 
I made a song with my partner, uh, Recipe Smurf. That was my dog. Shot it got killed on Edgewood too. But um, yeah, I made I made I made a song with him, but that shit was trash as fuck. I didn't even I was just high as fuck. <laughs> he sucked at mixing. Yeah. All that that shit was just trash. But that's I made a song, but I didn't really make music until I went to Canada. Yeah. I was fucking with my nigga Heatwave. Heatwave brought me out there. He way brought me out there. Shotty was rapping, and he's a known person out there. And uh, he put me on to, you know, was like, hey, bro, you got clout. You really know. You really bought your shit in the streets. Man, start rapping, bro. Find a, you know, a, a way out. Yeah. And that's, yeah, Canada. So Canada. Yeah. So when would you say you decided to take it serious? Um, really, after I made Hot Block. After I made Hot Block and I saw the uh, the reaction, you know, the reaction I got from it, and the way the, the support I got from my niggas and the, not just my niggas but just people I didn't even know when folks start knowing me and I didn't even know them like that. Like it used to be like that, but it started happening all the time. Yeah, bro, really, like when I did a show, I did a show with uh, Lil Mosley in Canada. And white boys put up to me and was like, bro, I fuck with your music heavy, da da da. Look, bro, I really be having your picture as my screen sh- screensaver. That's when I was like, oh, I'm, that's I'm, different. I'm, him. I'm, I'm really a rapper. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what I, that's when it hit me, I'm a rapper. Yeah. <laughs> you feel me? I feel that. So yeah, Hot Block, Hot Block was the one that made okay. me feel like uh, a real rapper. So who would you list as your musical inspirations? Like people, you know what I'm saying? Who you looked up to? So me growing up, like I'll say, you know, it's crazy, Lil Wayne has never been even my favorite rapper. It'd be always my partners, but not for me. Really, it was Gucci. Gucci for show. Nipsey Hussle. I was on Nipsey, like, when I was, like, in eighth grade, like, 2008. 2008, I was fucking with Nip. So, uh, I said Gucci, Nipsey, Peanut the Don, Long Live Peanut the Don. Long Live Peanut the Don. Yeah, uh, Long Live so Bankroll hard. Fresh. Yeah. And I ain't long even gonna lie, run, my nigga nephew. You feel me? Like, my nigga nephew, when, when he came out with apartments, bro, I was like, because he sounded so, he sounds, he, he, he sounds so similar, like, his, his voice deep as fuck. So it reminded me of, like, Peanut the Don mixed with Bankroll Fresh. Yeah. So I was fucking with his music heavy. I told Shotty, bro, you one of my favorite rappers, bro. Like, you hard as fuck. Yeah. And then, you know, later on, I ended up doing a song with him called Extras. That's actually going to come out soon. We shot okay. a video for it and all that. But so I say, yeah, Gucci, Nipsey Hussle, uh, OJ the Juice Man, uh, Peanut the Don, uh, Nephew, Bankroll Fresh. And I, I ain't going to lie, I used to fuck with Kid Cudi, too. But now I don't know, that nigga be acting sweet and shit. I don't know, that shit kind of, it's kind of cringe. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I used to fuck with Kate Cutting music too. Oh, Kanye too. Yeah. Straight Oh, Space Goes Perp, ASAP too, when uh, they was in their prime like 2012 type shit. Yeah. I feel that. So what is it that you want listeners to take from your music? Shit, man, get money, don't be a fuck nigga. All that running off on niggas shit, that shit lame. Shooting up niggas' mama houses is lame. Um, you really just focus on getting some money, staying out the way, lasting, and taking care of your folks. For sure. And show love when you can. For sure. Yeah. So as you go away, how many projects would you say you plan to put out? Um, I got a good, like, well, pro- when you say projects, like, what you mean, like an album or something albums, like that? Albums, tapes, EPs. I'm not, you know? I'm not doing no albums, tapes, uh, until I get a deal. Yeah. Just a little advice I learned from Nip. Um, but I'll be dropping a lot of singles. Though. I should be dropping about seven singles while I'm gone. So, yeah. But in three years, I'll be back. Yeah. And then when I come back, you feel me? Like, before that situation happened, I had three label meetings I was about to get on. And uh, so, like, when I come back, I'm going to just, you know, come back where I left off. For sure. So, yeah. So how did it even make you feel to know that you were at least getting in the rooms with these big labels and shit? From one year of rapping, bro. From one year of rapping, I was doing a Canadian tour and labels was looking at me and all that. That shit really just made me feel like, okay, I could really do this. I could really get some money with this shit. So yeah. 
That was big. Yeah, that was big to me, yeah. For sure. They want to talk about shit, though, huh? I didn't even get to go to the meeting. Damn. This fuck nigga came and just... Yeah. Fucked, up, fucked off my life. You feel yeah. me? And he crashed out, shot at a veggie, man. Like, so it's like, damn, bro. Like, but that taught me a lot of things, though. That taught me that uh, don't be around. I gotta be, be I gotta be careful who I'm around, or just uh, the scene that I'm around. I gotta be around with people that cherish their life and they got some going on for themselves. Cause a nigga will crash out and fuck up your situation. Yeah. But yeah, but Maybe. yeah, I was really about to be up through there. Yeah. Yeah. Who would you say is your top five right now? Top five what? Rappers. That I listen to? Yeah. Man, rest in peace, Draco the ruler, man. I was slapping his shit heavy the whole time I was on the run. And uh, when I got back on house arrest. So Draco the ruler. Uh, man, I'm fucking with uh, Baby Money. Baby Money going, that nigga going hard too. Uh, Draco the ruler, Baby Money. Uh, Doug, I've been fucking with Doug, but um, so I say, Draco the Ruler, Baby Money, Doug, Nephew, uh, who else? Really, my little partner, uh, 200 right here, shot at cold as fuck. He really finna be up through that soon. Yeah. So be on the lookout for him. For sure. And my nigga, uh, Drink More Allo, he in Canada. He uh, shot it hard. He finna be up through that too. Yeah, but they, he on he on like the new age shit, like. Like he got one song with uh, Bear One Boss. Oh, that's my boy. Yeah, yeah, he got one with him. They had put up my spot and recorded it. So I fought, I fought with Drink More I Low, 200, Nephew, Baby Money, Drake or the Ruler. Yeah. That's real. So Is what's that your, Shit, even if it's Mo, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. What's your plans with music once you return home? Go up. Go up, you feel me? Turn up. Really, I'm not even when I, when I'm looking for a label. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba da ba ba ba. I'm not really wearing. You feel me? A nigga ain't finna sign me for no hundred bands, bro. Like a nigga Ben had more than that, like. So a nigga gonna have to come with a plan. I just need a machine behind me, that's all. And we are like a partnership deal kind of thing. That's what I'm looking forward to, but really just go big with it, go shoot music videos and, oh, I ain't gonna lie, Skilla Bang. I be listening to a lot of uh, yeah. uh, Jamaican and yeah. UK artists. Northside Benji too, damn, I forgot about Northside Benji. Shout it so hard too, but, um, a lot of them be shooting videos outside of the country. I want to go shoot videos in Africa, Dubai, Jamaica, uh, Colombia, Brazil, you know, shit like that. That's really what I want to do with it. That's real. Yeah. How far do you feel your music can span out? Or do you want it to span out? Worldwide, regions, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, the sky's the limit, you know? Shit, even aliens, I want them to yeah. bump my shit. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up. What should fans expect from your music while you're away? Like, because this is unheard of, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Ain't nobody, know, you know what I mean? So what should they expect from the music that you're going to put out while you're away? Shit, well, I, I'm a... So, my... Damn, I wasn't even supposed to tell you this shit, but... Uh, so when I come home, I'm going to drop in a project. Yeah. And uh, I'm really going to be dropping two... Really just one, and then I'm going to work on the second one. But, uh... I'm gonna drop this it. gonna be called Atlanta Most Wanted. And uh, it's gonna be actually with an art show. So I'll have the music and then I, oh, I paint also. So, uh, and I do film photography. So I wanted to do, I wanna do a release party with an art show and the music. So uh, it's gonna be called Atlanta Most Wanted. And uh, I really just wanna, you know, speak my story, uh, you know what happened and uh, pretty much just give knowledge for people to avoid this, what I dealt with. Yeah. And if they was in my situation, how to deal with it successfully. For sure. Yeah. Or what I feel like you finna do on some real shit, just show people how your creativity can get you some money too. That true. Yeah. For sure. That's real. So let's talk about what's going on in your homeland, Africa right now. Yeah. 
Shit really. TPLF, they've been in power for about over 30 years. And uh, I ain't gonna lie to you, when I go back home, like nothing changed, no, no development. But they getting so much money from the governments that's, you know, outside of like America and everybody. And it ain't getting to the people. What they was doing is they were stealing the money. And, uh, bro, I went back and some folks that we knew in my neighborhood was like, hey, what happened to y'all store? Da, da, da. They said, man, the government came and sold it to the Chinese dude. And I'm like, what you mean? They ain't pay you or nothing? They said, nah, them folks told us, uh, just be grateful you, you, you had it this long. You feel Damn. me? And, that, and that's a lot of situations like that. That's why what's going on right now is what's going on. But what I disagree with, the, his name is Avi, is the fact that, like, you know, anybody can go start a war. The reason why we choose you people is so that it can be some, what is it? Uh, a cure for the situation can happen without bloodshed. And that's exactly what's been going on. So many innocent people been dying. And I think, you know, they learned that tactic from America, it's divide and conquer. And there's so many tribes in Ethiopia, what they do is they make the tribes clash while we fighting, they figuring out how they gonna steal some more money. And I think that's the problem. It's not, it's not no tribe issues, it's leaders. We don't have solid leaders in my country. And that leads to my people dying or starving. And when I say my people, I'm talking about the Tigres, the Amaras, everybody, you feel me? All the tribes. And uh, yeah, that's just what's going on. I can't wait to be the president, though. <laughs> I'm going to fix all that. I got y'all. So, so yeah. how does that make you feel to know that you grew up in America and not having to go through such poverty and such hardship? Nah, I went through poverty over here, too. I ain't going to lie. Like, there's been times where we, you know, it's been a lot of times where it was empty fridge and I was looking forward to school lunch. You know, that shit saved me. Low-key. <laughs> so I've been through some fucked up shit. I done stayed in homeless shelters out here. Like, not in Atlanta, but when I was in New York, some shit kind of went left for a bit, and I had to stay in homeless shelters and all that. So I've been through poverty. But for them, though, it's like, you see how I bounce back? Nigga, nigga six-figure nigga, you feel me? Mm-hmm. I bounce back from that. But over there, it's so hard because there ain't no opportunities. I be seeing, every time I go there, I ain't going to lie, that shit turn my hustle up, turn my grind mode up, because it be like little niggas, like, four years old selling brooms and mops, you know what I'm saying? Just to make an ends meet. So that shit, that shit motivates you. But yeah, I just want to create more opportunities for people, maybe go back home and uh, build factories, hospitals. And uh, really, I want to figure out a way where we can do like food stamps so these folks can eat. Cause over there, if you ain't got it, you starve it. It ain't America, bro. There's all this shit that a lot of these rappers be complaining about and shit. Bro, living in the project, that shit was like a lottery, bro. Like, that shit was the best thing that happened. The hood is not that bad, bro. So, you know, I just want to make, I want to pretty much create something to where, like, people don't have to starve back home. You know, shit like that. That's real. Yeah. So how do you plan on giving back? Just, so I want to get into, uh, I think we was talking about that earlier. Uh, I said I wanted to get a mining business like a natural resource mining business, but not only that, agriculture. Uh, I want to invest my money. Once you, you know, once you got more money, you can make more money. But uh, once I have my money, uh, I want to bring pretty much the system, how our agriculture system is over here, Mm -hmm. over there, so we can produce more food to where I can create or come up with a plan with the government to where we can have food stamps and people who can't, who can't make ends meet can still eat, you know, shit like that. Cause there's a lot of people who graduate in colleges and can't even get a job over there. Yeah. You feel me? Shit like that. That's real. Any last words and shout outs? Man, shout out to, all right. You know, of course, shout out to God. You know, everything is in God's hand. I appreciate how he handled everything for me. Uh, shout out to my mom. Shout out to my nigga Brooke. God damn, he, you know, he the one who put this together. For sure, man. Shout and out to that nigga Champagne, man. Yeah, Champagne Poppy. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, 
And uh, shout out to the five percenters. While I was on the run, like the first three months, the five percenters was the ones that was hiding me, protecting me from the law and all that. So shout out to them. That was a major, that was a major help for me and my family. Uh, shout out to Seattle, man. I touched my first 100K in Seattle on the run. I was on Trey Deuce, you know. Yeah, rest in peace, Trug, man. Rest in peace, uh, Haven. Rest in peace, Hensa. Rest in peace, my nigga Ant. Man, I had, I gotta tell you this one. So when I was out there, I was staying in the trap house, and Aunt, Aunt really had motion though, but he be, you know, he be using this shit. He be on dog or crack too and all that. But Shotty be had most. That was the richest user I ever met, bro. When, and uh, Shotty took me in, let me stay in his spot. Didn't ask me to pay nothing for three months straight. Like, let me run up a 50 ball real quick. And then the rest was history, you feel me? And, uh, but he just passed away recently. Uh, he got shot in the back of the head. Shotty was up though. Shotty had him like, my brother had pull up on him, check on him. He had he had about like he had like half a brick of dog food, a brick of clean, uh, about fifteen thousand perk thirties, and about sixty racks in cash, bro. Like shot it, get rich or die trying type yeah. shit. My my dog died rich, but fuck that nigga though. That did him. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. So yeah, shout out to Seattle, shout out to Minnesota, shout out to Cedar. See the projects, ran up a quarter on a month over there. I fuck with them boys. Shout out to all the neighborhood. Um, yeah. Straight up, man. Tedro Casa, man. We appreciate having you on the porch with us, gang. Yeah, man. We gonna see you when you get out. Oh yeah, and then um, I'm supposed to be dropping some music videos too while I'm uh, while I be gone. I got like three. One of them is called uh, Free My Brothers. And then the other one is called Extras. Extras was actually uh, motivated. I, I made that song. It was, mo I mo it was motivated by uh, Sandman Nugus. He's a uh, he's a fallen soldier too. He from Rolling Sixty Crit in L.A. Uh, he he from Eritrea, where I'm from. Um, he's close friends with Nipsey too. You feel me? So really did that one for Cuz too. Yeah, you know. But yep. That's, that's just what's going on. Straight I'll see y'all in three years. Straight <laughs> up, Tedro. We gonna see you, dog. Dang. Fuck yo, go for me. Random my bands in the street. Free my nigga, Ice G. I'm serving on crack, they geek. She say I'm... Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.